Okay, let's get down to it. Get out your Bibles. Turn to Revelation chapter 21. Seeing if you're paying attention. Just seeing if you're here. I know you're here. So Revelation chapter 21. Just hold that because we'll get there in about 20 minutes. So Revelation chapter 21. I'm so glad that we get to be here on Wednesday night. And if this is your first time to our equipped services, we welcome you. And part of our, our, the vision of our Wednesday night is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, and if you look at the back of the bulletin that you were given, there's the scripture, Ephesians 4. And it, it tells us the heart behind why we come together on our Wednesday night. And if you notice, Wednesday and Sundays are, are different because of the vision, the direction, and the focus of Sundays and uh, Wednesday nights. So Wednesday nights, we bring our Bible, and we make sure that we get into the Word of God and dig deep into, his, into the Scriptures. We've been going through a, a series on the, on the history and authenticity of the Bible. And as we go through the weeks, we're going to dig deep into different areas of the Bible and, and uh, to unravel certain things that will help us to remember how important it is to be in the Word of God and then how authentic the Word of God is. Did you know that even as Christians, there are many Christians who do not believe that the Bible is accurate 100%. So what they'll do is they'll take certain scriptures that they like, and then they'll apply it to their lives, and then there's the scriptures that they don't believe that it's true, and they won't apply it to their lives. In other words, it's almost like a, a kind of like a, a hand-picked kind of uh, manual for life. You know, they'll look at it and say, oh, this applies to me, so I'll take this. But, oh, I don't know about this one. This is, I don't think this is true. So they kind of throw it on the wayside. But God's word is 100% accurate in its entirety. There's authenticity to the Bible. It's authentic. There's history to the Bible. And as we go through the next couple of weeks, then I, I, I want you to, to do something that uh, is like a mind shift. That it's not about... Just hearing the Word of God, but the Bible says be a doer of the Word of God. So we write notes and we take notes, but this is what I want us to do. Just, just take it one notch higher, just like step up just another notch. And as we're taking notes, and maybe some of you already do this, but write something down that you're going to do. And if you're sitting next to your spouse and, you know, it's something that you're going to apply in your marriage and they're trying to look and cheat... So they hold you accountable, just write it in code. You know, just write it where you can understand and so that you can work on that. And I found that when we work on one thing at a time, it helps so much more with everything God is speaking to us. Because sometimes we try to just grab everything that we can and, and we're bombarded by so many things to change that we change nothing. And so instead of us looking at a thousand things to change about ourselves, just look for that one thing. And write that down and say, oh, this is what I'm going to work on, whatever it would be. And God will speak it. In fact, tonight as we go through the scriptures, maybe he might speak something that has to do with spending more time with him. We've been uh, giving this 30-day challenge, not just with our youth, but even here tonight. And we've kind of encouraged uh, each one of us to be in the Word of God, to be in the Bible. Uh, we We have our bookmarker. We also have... Uh, you know, a Bible app that many of us use. Uh, I use YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, YouVersion.com. 
or the YouVersion Bible app, and it's on my phone. So there's different uh, ways for us to be in the Word of God. But the reason why I like YouVersion is because it's, it goes along with our bookmarker. And some people will say, but do I have to do the bookmarker? That's so much reading. Well, let me tell you why I do the bookmarker and, and why, uh, why, we, why we pass that out. Uh, as a team and as, a, as the body of Christ, when we're reading together, we gain so much more. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, Heidi and I were just talking this morning on, you know, I asked her, what did you read this morning? So she shared with me and, and she said, well, what did you read? Then I shared it with her. And, and we understand because we're on the same page. So it's not, a, you know, you can read whatever uh, reading program you want because you're in the Word of God. I just found it to be a little bit uh, more educational, a little bit more uh, paddling in the same direction when we're all on the same page. And it just helps with uh, stories. And, and it, when you gain something and that perspective that you share with me, and I didn't see it from that perspective, it, it just opens up the stories and, and the Word of God even that much more. So that's, that's why we try to uh, be in the Word of God together with the bookmark. So it's not a, a legalistic thing where, you know, if you're not according to the bookmarker, then, you know, you're some outcast and, you know, you need to sit somewhere else uh, in church and you're no good. Uh, it's the Word of God, so if you're reading something and you're along with the Word of God, that's great, okay? But my hope here on our Wednesday night is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And as we continue to grow together, we're going to see that it is the Word of God, the Bible, that is the life book for us to live by. There's no other book like the Bible. There's no other book that is inspired by God. It is the Bible. And so I strongly strongly recommend that you bring your Bibles on Wednesday nights. Bring a pen if you got one. If you have an iPad or an iPhone and you're using that, uh, then, then bring that. Uh, what we're working on right now, just to let you know, is uh, for a season, our Wi-Fi, you know, our, our, the internet, uh, was shut down because there were so, much, uh, peop- so many people going on the Wi-Fi that it would shut us down when we were doing certain things and uh, we use Wi-Fi during the services for different things. So uh, what we're working on is trying to find a way to open up Wi-Fi so that when you come to church, uh, you don't have to go on your, you know, uh, what do you call it, the 4G or your, speaking gibberish to many of you, but if you're going on your, your service for your phone. Uh, so we're working on that. We want to open that up so that you can use your iPad for those of you who don't, who don't have uh, Wi-Fi. That makes sense? Okay, okay, hopefully. Some of you are like, I don't even know what he just said. But people tell me sometimes, they say, you know, I, I want to believe the Bible, but aren't there discrepancies in the Bible? I mean, isn't there lies in the Bible? Because sometimes I'll read the Bible and then I'll, it's a, there's this one person telling a lie, there's another person telling this story, and that's not accurate. And, and so it's they lie about certain things. There's... There's killing in the Bible. There's murder in the Bible. I mean, why, why would I want to apply that into my life? And so many people will stay away from the Bible because of those things. And, and we've got to remember something, that the Bible is, is, is an account on the things that took place. It's inspired by God, which means that it's an accurate account on what happened. So... You're reading the Bible firsthand. This is what happened. This is what they saw. This is what happened. And they wrote it down. And so 
Yes, you're going to find all of these things, but the Bible will allow us to read certain things and then say to us and speak to us, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. So many people will take scriptures out of the Bible and say, why, King David did that. And he turned out okay. Yeah, he sinned with Bathsheba, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit on Sunday. He, he turned out okay. And why can't I do that and then do, do what David did? Or what about King Saul? He disobeyed God and then, and then he, he, people still looked at him as king. Why can't I do that? And so the Bible will be accurate in what took place and what happened and the prophetic words that are spoken. They're, they're all accurate according to God's words. This is what God is saying to us. These things have been written for us so that we may know Him. And so as we read the Bible and you read certain things, you're going to find that the Holy Spirit will speak to you more than actual words that are speaking to you. That's the difference with believers reading the Word of God and a non-believer just looking up historic things. It's when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, then it brings it to life. And then when we apply it, now it becomes something powerful. And so dig into the Word of God. I know it's hard to find time. Some of us will find time. Some of us will make time. Some of us, no more time. Some of us will read and fall asleep because we're sleep. We're reading during bedtime. And so we're trying to find, how do I get into the Word of God? Because I, I, want, to, I want to develop my relationship with Him. Very hard to develop your relationship with God without the Word of God. Very difficult. Many people try. They try to just develop their relationship with God, but without the Word of God. And so you'll see them, they'll, they'll be okay as far as humanity goes. They do great things. They'll love people. But it's not according to the ways of God. So it goes a little, it's a little skewed in life. They, they'll, they'll go on their own way and, and then the beliefs become their own. And, and then as the Bible says, every man's way is right in his own eyes. And so instead of using the Word of God, its historic value and its authenticity, they look at their historic value and their authenticity of what they believe rather than what God has already said and what He is still saying with the person of the Holy Spirit. So it's important for us to be in the Word of God. That's why I'm encouraging you to bring the Word of God and nothing greater than us as believers gathering together, opening up scriptures, and getting into the Word of God. Because it'll help us to grow. It'll challenge us. It'll make us better and better and better. We also got to remember this, that there is an adversary, and his name is Satan. He is the father of Lies. So we got to be very careful when we're living this life because there's lies that will come to us. And if we're not in the Word of God, we won't know what's truth and what's inaccurate. We won't know what to follow and what to throw on the side. We won't know what is true and what is false. But that's what the Word of God does. Again, the, the enemy is the father of lies. That means he got them all. Remember when we were growing up? And, you know, you got caught doing something. Maybe you, you came home late and, and you came through the door and your mom, I'm giving you my story. I, I came home. My mom was on the couch. I thought she was sleeping. And when I came home, as I'm walking down the hall, you know, when you pass that certain point, you feel like, oh, I'm free. No way. She's sleeping. And as I'm going down the hall, all I hear is, where were you? 
and oh, all the lies start coming out, all the lies, and, and, and you try to make up stories so that it, 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 it makes everything okay. And then you forget about the lie that you said, and then you get caught later, and then you got to lie on that. And so he got them all. He has all the lies we need to live a life, but not according to the ways of God. And so he'll come in, he'll give us a lie, but we, how do we know if it's of the, of the enemy or if it's of God? It's the Word of God that will let us know. But if we're not in the Word, how will we know? How will we know if we're supposed to do certain things or if, if we're supposed to, uh, as in a marriage, as a husband, how I'm supposed to be as a husband? How do we know how to live as a husband if I'm not in the Word of God? You know what we'll do? We'll actually take in what we've been brought up with. As a wife, you're going to be a wife according to what you believe and what you've been brought up with. And so when you get into a marriage and there's no, there's no guidebook, you kind of just do whatever you're going to do. And then you, you go off into uh, all kinds of different uh, beliefs and, and maybe you believe something, your husband will believe something, or your wife will believe something, and then that's where it splits. Because a wife will say, well, you know, this is my money, that's your money, so no, you, 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 you pay your own bills, I'll pay my own bills. And so what, what does the Bible say about that? And the Bible will bring accuracy even in our marriages where it says the two shall become one. And so in my marriage with Heidi, what's hers is hers. What's mine is hers. So it, it just works that way. It's not. We share, share. But if not for the Word of God, I wouldn't know how to be as a husband. I wouldn't know that the husband is to love his wife just as Christ loved the church, that he gave himself up for it. As a wife, you wouldn't know that wives be submissive to your own husbands as unto the Lord. We wouldn't know that. We would just live our lives according to what we believe and what we've been brought up with. But the Word of God brings the balance. And it'll balance our lives like nothing else can. No good book will bring the balance that the Bible brings. Because only the Bible is inspired by God. Yeah, there are great books that have scriptures in them. And that's great for help. But if we're not in the Word of God... Anybody can write books and take little scriptures here and there and make anything out of it because it's taken out of context. But if you have the Word of God, you're reading it for yourself, you're digging deep, then you begin to understand more and more who we are and more than just who we are, who God is. And when we understand that, then we're beginning to understand, wait a minute, the Bible is very authentic. Because not only is it words that we read and then apply and then we see the fruit of it, now we see that it's authentic. That something's happening with it. That I don't just read the book and then hopefully it works out in my life. No, when I apply it, it works. Because it's authentic. Well, how do you, how do you find out if something is authentic or not? Because in Revelation, and, and I, I, I hope you're there. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. It says, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, which is now he's reporting what was said to him by, by God the Father who's on the throne. Write, for these words are true. Which means they're genuine. 
and faithful, which means it's totally reliable. Now, you can look at it and say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Anybody can put that in a book. Anybody can write a Bible or write a book and say, this book is accurate and true. It's trustworthy. Anybody can do that. So, even with the Bible, people will look at it and say, that doesn't mean it's accurate. It doesn't mean it's reliable. Anybody can do that. So, maybe what we're trying to do is, we're trying to, we're trying to, make the Bible authentic by what it is in itself, by what it's saying in itself. And instead of us looking at the Bible with what's inside of it, maybe the proof of its authenticity and how good it is and how reliable it is, maybe it's something not internal that we should be looking for, but something external. That maybe the Bible's accuracy is most proven, not just by the words that is said here, but by the living saints that apply the Word of God. Because that's what's going to show that the Bible is authentic. It's not just the words that are here on this paper, but it's us living an authentic lifestyle. See, people will look at us before they look at the Bible. That's what they'll do. Even if we tell them, no, you got to get into the Word of God. you got to come to church. you got to give your heart to Jesus. Every time we say that, they're just looking at us. That's what they're doing. And if I'm saying, no, no, it is the Word of God. This, this is the best way to live. But I'm not living how I'm supposed to be living. To them, it's not authentic. Because I'm not living according to what I'm saying is authentic. I was looking up uh, this... Uh, uh, rookie card of Michael Jordan, and it sells for over a hundred thousand dollars. But people are making millions by selling fake Michael Jordan cards, and they sell it for like four or five thousand dollars. So here are these kids, you know, just maybe fresh out of high school, or, or maybe they're collecting and and they're purchasing these cards. Sometimes they'll sell it for two, three hundred dollars. These fake cards. And the way they show its authenticity is they have to match it to the real thing. And there are certain ways to find out if it's real. People want to know if the Bible is real by looking at us. That's what they want to do. They don't want us, they don't want to go to a website, they don't want to uh, watch a video, they don't want, they don't want to watch a, a, a motivational speaker. They, they want to know if the Bible is authentic by the way we live. See, whenever God speaks, He speaks truth. God in Himself is authentic. And then He says, You now let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, and then they will glorify me in heaven. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for authenticity in us. But you might say, Well, how do we know if the author, who is John, the book of Revelation, what he wrote down was accurate. How, how do we know if, if when he was writing, he wasn't going nuts because he was, he was in prison for a long time. Maybe he was going crazy. Well, what if he just wrote down whatever he wanted to? Well, Revelations 22, verse 6, and you can turn over there. It's just a chapter over. Because some may not agree that what the Bible is saying is is accurate, but at least be honest enough to admit that it says this. 
in chapter 22, verse 6, He said unto me these sayings, are faithful and true. And God is speaking this. He's saying these, these sayings are faithful and true. He says it again. Not just in Revelation 21, but He says it in Revelation 22. It's like He's reiterating and making sure we're hearing what He's saying. So we have a reliable record of what is given to us. The Word of God. That it's, it's faithful and it's true. It also says that it's inspired. The book of Timothy tells us that, that the Word of God is inspired. See, inspiration does not refer to whether or not we can find errors in the Bible. Where we find scriptures don't match with each other. It's not what inspiration means. Inspiration is saying that this is the accurate account on what took place. Well, did not human beings write this? I mean, fallible creatures? I mean, what is the reliability with that? How can we, we be sure that it, it says what it's supposed to say? What if, what if, you know, they weren't all that at that time? What if they were uh, putting in their own words? I mean, what does that mean? How, how trustworthy can the Bible be? Is it genuine? Can we trust it? And what if these men wanted to change the world how they saw fit instead of the way God wanted to? And, and, and what if we're reading a book written by man to fulfill man's desire? Well, that would make sense, but but with all the prophecies that have taken place in the Bible, of all the truths that have been said in the Bible, and, and all the prophetic words that were given long before even Christ showed up, the Old Testament, that lined up with everything that Christ did, it's, I mean, the, the odds are there, and I, I forget what the odds were. It's like, a, it's like one in a billion billion or something like that of how Jesus could fulfill every single prophecy that was recorded in these books that were written far long ago before he was even born. So, even in the Bible itself, with all the scriptures that have been written that lines up with what Christ has done thousands of years later, hundreds of years later, to match up that perfect, it's hard to do even today with all our technology. We were watching, um, I saw this little uh, post on Facebook and it, it said um, yesterday it was April 30th, 2013. And if you saw the movie Back to the Future, that's when Marty McFly went into the future. And if you saw this movie, they had flying cars, they had a hoverboard. They had these suits that would drive fit, and they had these Nike shoes that would fit your feet. They had this, uh, this uh, dehydration oven that would cook pizza in like 10 seconds. They had all these things, all these gadgets, these weird-looking cars, these space suits that the people would wear. And I thought, that's so inaccurate. It, it wasn't, even, even with all the technology we have, even if we were, to, we were guessing what would happen, we still don't get it right. You're talking 1,500 years of the Bible being written 
with over 40 authors, 69 books, and everything lining up. That is no coincidence. And so here we are today with a book that has been proven that has stood the test of time. The question is, what are we going to do with it? This is the most valuable book that you and I will ever come across. What are we doing with it? Is it at home just collecting dust and supposedly protecting your home? Because that's what we did when we were growing up. You didn't touch the Bible. Because if you touch the Bible, then something would happen to you. You know, we saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. We were like, no way. We ain't touching that thing. All the ghosts can come out. So there's no way we're going to touch the Bible. But we believe that the Bible protected us from spooky things. I mean, I, I grew up under the Filipino you know, superstitions. So I couldn't cut my nails at night, sweep at night. couldn't do anything. So I couldn't whistle at night. I mean, I whistle now at night when I'm at my house at home. And my mom is like, what are you doing? I said, what? I know Jesus. We're okay. Spooky lady not going to come and grab us. Mom, I'm good with that. And I, I can only believe that because the Bible, the Bible is the most powerful book on this planet when applied. It's the greatest book that you and I will ever come across. As we go along in the next couple of weeks, the authenticity of it and just looking at the scriptures and, and, and how we can live the way the Bible teaches us to live, when we begin to do that and more, and I know many of us, we are, we're doing our very best to live according to the ways of God. I can't tell you the blessings that will come out of your life when you apply the Word of God and you stick to it. Yes, it it will be difficult. You know why? Because we have this flesh attached to us. Your flesh will battle with you. Some of us love to read. Some of us hate to read. Those that don't like to read the Bible, or you want to read the Bible, but you find yourself having a hard time with it, it's your flesh. you got to fight that. you got to fight your flesh. You'd rather go on the computer or do something else. You'd rather watch TV. You'd rather do something else. But it's like the, the Spirit of God beckoning your soul and pulling you towards Him to be in His Word. And that's what your flesh is feeling. So you're going to feel that battle. And even when you read, you're going to feel uneasy because it's your flesh that's dying. But the more you get into the Word of God, the more your spirit will become stronger and stronger, and the more your spirit will win over your soul, over your flesh, and your soul will be replenished. Then when you go to work or wherever you go, you're a different person because now you're different from the inside out, and only the Bible can do that because it goes to the inner core of our being, the seat of our emotions, our heart. And that's what God is after. I want to read this, uh, this final scripture. Romans chapter 7, 15, and you can turn there because this, uh, this helps me to say no to my flesh. Romans seven fifteen, and I'll read from the New Living Translation. It says, I don't really understand myself. I really don't understand myself. For I want to do what is right. Now, let's just pause. I, I'm, this is, I'm just being honest. Uh, or or this, is an, this is an honest question. I just want to know, uh, with a show of hands, how many of you really want to do what is right? Just raise your hand. I, that you want to do what is right. Okay, I'm going to put your hands down now. This is, we're family, okay? We're family. How many, how many of you find that what you want to do sometimes that is right, you don't want to? 
Raise your hand. I raise my hand too. Yeah, there are times where we know what we want to do, but we don't. Because we have this flesh attached to us. We know what is right. We want to do right. We want to ask for forgiveness. But when Heidi rubs me the wrong way, she pushes the wrong button, she says the wrong thing, I don't like. That's just theoretically. It's not true. I want to, and I do ask for forgiveness, like I have to after I speak tonight. But it's going to be good, because she's going to forgive me. She already forgave me in her heart, right? See? And then it continues. This is what it says. Uh, For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Can you already see that our flesh begins to win over even when we want to do what is right? We do the very thing we hate. A few scriptures down, it says... Well, what will save me from this? What a wretched person I am. It says, thanks be to Jesus. If you have a hard time getting into the Word of God, even finding time getting into the Word of God, here's what will help tremendously. Fall in love with Jesus. He is as authentic as you will ever get when it comes to the Word of God. Because the Bible says He is the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Close your Bibles. Put away our notes. We're going to conclude and close up. So bring your Bibles on Wednesday nights. And for those of you who are bringing your Bibles, good job. Well done. Good and faithful servant. It's going to help. It's going to help all of us. We're going to pray and then uh, we're just going to conclude with a, a final worship song. And, and when we sing this song, it's just reminding us that we can overcome because He already did that on the cross for us. He paid the price for our sin. And even when it comes to getting into the Word of God and having a hard time with that, we can overcome. We can do this. Many of you, again, uh, I just want to continue to encourage you. If you've been in the 30-day challenge and you've been reading the Word of God, then good job. Well done. If you've been skipping because some people say, you know what, I missed like five days. You just get back on track and you start fresh. God makes all things new. The Bible says in Lamentations 3.22 that His mercies are new every single morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So when you miss a day or two, just get back on track. Let me ask you this question. Any of you ever miss a meal? Raise your hand. You just didn't eat lunch or whatever. Yeah. What do you do after? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I eat more the next meal. We go back and we eat. We don't say, you know what? I miss a meal, so I guess I'm not going to eat ever again. No, we we go back and, and we eat again. And that's the same way with our soul. You miss a day or two, three, five, your soul is starving. Go feed it. Get into the Word of God, for it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of both soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Fall in love with Jesus. It'll be much easier, easier to get into the Word of God. Let's pray together. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you allow us the privilege of sitting at your feet, getting into the Word, 
so that we can be the kinds of people that live for you, that we will live authentic lives. Oh, we won't be perfect, Lord, but we're being perfected by you. You're the perfect one. So, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters as we grow and mature in our relationship with you. May we encourage one another, build each other up, edify one another in love, because that's how the body of Christ works. I pray for those who are beginning to get into the word of God, Lord. I I pray that your spirit would come alive in them, that you would strengthen them, empower them to continue to live that lifestyle of being in your word. As we go on with the next couple of weeks of learning from your word and the history and authenticity of the Bible, may we not just be hearers of the word, but may we be doers of the word. We thank you so much and we praise your name. We all say these things in Jesus' name. We all said amen.